0: My name's Mason, and this is Mace on Movies, episode 15 of my journey through the DCAMU, which brings us to Wonder Woman Bloodlines. And uh, I was surprised that, you know, it took this long to get to a Wonder Woman film uh, in the DC animated movie universe. You know, we've already had... We had four Batman films. Uh, It took a while as well to get to the Superman of it all, so uh, I guess they were saving... Uh, you know, the best hero for last, maybe, uh, with Wonder Woman, but, yeah, I wish that we had gotten this movie maybe sooner within the DCAMU, uh, I wish that we could have gotten additional films with Wonder Woman, because I feel like in this film, we get a lot of her villains kind of crammed into one film, uh, and I think that they were trying to make the most out of it, uh, as this was going to be the last shot to do a Wonder Woman film, at least within this continuity, so... Uh interesting placement, and I think that you know there are a lot of uh interesting ideas in the film uh a lot of great concepts uh and like I said, I think that one of the things that this film maybe suffers from uh would be uh trying to fit too many things into it instead of telling kind of one main solid story uh I think that they like I said, really threw in like a handful uh of Wonder Woman villains. Uh, you know, they threw Villainy Inc. in here, uh, which is a collection of different members of her rogues gallery. And, you know, it was just, um, you know, I think it took away from the main story that they were trying to tell. Although adding in those villains definitely made for some interesting fights, different, uh, different styles of battle scenes and things like that. Uh, and all of her villains are, you know, really cool, really interesting villains. Um, I just think that there was a more... Uh, grounded and emotional story that they were trying to tell in this film uh, that I think got buried a little bit by some of the spectacle. So uh, before I get into, you know, my other thoughts on this film, uh, I will say that it was co-directed by Sam Liu and Justin Copeland, um, you know, based on the Wonder Woman comics uh, by William Moulton Marston and H.G. Peter. And uh, the screenplay was by... Uh, Scott, And uh, we have a voice cast with Rosario Dawson returning uh, to do the voice of Wonder Woman. We've got Jeffrey Donovan doing the voice of Steve Trevor. Uh, and then we've got Marie. I'm going to have a hard time with her. It's a Greek last name, which is not always the easiest pr- to pronounce. Uh, Avgaropoulos uh, is the last name that I'm going to pronounce. Uh, and she does the voice of Silver Swan. Um, and then we've got Adrian C. Moore as Eddie Candy. Uh, Kimberly Brooks as Cheetah and Giganta. Uh, Courtney Taylor as Dr. Poison. Constance Zimmer as Veronica Kale. Uh, Nia Vardalos as Julia Capitellis, And Michael Dorn as The Minotaur. Cree Summer as Hippolyta and Medusa. And um, Mozan Marno as Dr. Cyber. With Ray Chase as uh one of the lead bandits uh in this film. So uh that is uh the voice cast and uh you know it's great it's always great to have Rosario Dawson back doing the voice of Wonder Woman. I think she's done a great job voicing the character throughout the DCAMU. Um and getting into the story a bit, this movie follows uh Wonder Woman as she, you know, it gets kind of we get the classic kind of Wonder Woman Origin, Where Steve Trevor uh, crashes, uh, crash lands in Themyscira and uh, is rescued by Wonder Woman uh, who defends him um, and kind of breaks him out of being a prisoner of her mother, Hippolyta. And uh, she decides to, you know, getting a glimpse of uh, the war, the uh, invasion of parademons and things like that that is going on. Um, in the world that Steve Trevor comes from, decides to leave mascara with Steve Trevor uh, to defend the world. She feels that she has a responsibility to use her power, use her strength um, to protect the world. So uh, we get her journey that we've also seen in the live-action Wonder Woman film, although that uh, took place with, you know, a World War I-era Steve Trevor. Um, and, you know, then we got the sequel uh, with Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, so we've, we've spent some time in live action with Wonder Woman in two films, one of which was very well received, one of which had more of a mixed response. And those films really are kind of the extent of my knowledge uh, of Wonder Woman as a character, uh, other than what we've seen in the DC Animated Universe thus far with her, um, you know, temporary romance with Superman knowing that Steve Trevor is kind of the classic love interest of Wonder Woman. It was great to get that story. Uh, We do get Etta Candy in here, uh, who is, you know, very different, more of a government agent um, uh, in this film, um, and, you know, procures that invisible jet for them in the film. Uh, So it was great to see that. There were some things to me that didn't quite line up or just weren't explained well enough fitting this story in to the kind of overall... Uh, story that the DC Animated Universe was telling, uh, specifically when, you know, uh, you know, Steve Trevor arrives, he's being attacked by parademons, right? Which uh, is kind of the events of Justice League War. So the fact that Steve Trevor arrives, Wonder Woman goes out into the world, uh, stays with Julia, and then, you know, at some point, switches up her costume and then is heading up over to meet the president, which is where she lands in Justice League War, I just thought that the timing was a little bit strange, like to f- that they kind of like, I guess the battle with the Parademons carried out over such a long period of time, maybe, uh, that in her journey to meet the president, uh, she ran into them, uh, that that battle was still going on. But I just felt like that was kind of strange. It also was strange to me that in this film, um, she steals her armor, from mascara, but then immediately kind of sets it aside to, to change into the the uh, the uniform that she had uh, for the adventures in the DC animated movie universe, uh, which she does, you know, pick back up by the end of this film. But I was like, I I don't understand why. <laughs> like, I guess that we wanted to get the classic armor. Uh, but then we also had to explain why she wasn't in the classic armor in the rest of the DC anime movie. So so just little things like that kind of took me out of it where I was like, I don't quite understand where all of this lines up uh, in her overall journey. Um, And like I said, the other issue that I have is that, you know, in this story, we see that Wonder Woman stays with, um, you know, stays with this geologist, Julia Capitellis, and her daughter, Vanessa. And we see that you know, Julia is very interested in the Amazon. She's very interested in ancient mythology um, and things like that. And so she is kind of obsessed with learning about Wonder Woman and learning about the mascara uh, and learning about all of those different stories. And kind of, you know, Van- Vanessa is ignored and neglected and kind of goes on that journey to become kind of the moody. Gothic style teenager, eventually leading into betraying the company uh, that Julia works for uh, and Veronica Kale owns uh, in order to kind of deliver some of that technology uh, to a rival party, uh, which would be Dr. Cyber and Villainy Inc. So, um, yeah, I, I think that that is a great story to tell because you have two characters in Wonder Woman um, and in Vanessa who kind of are viewed as almost disappointments to their mothers and there's a very tense and difficult relationship and we get a little bit of that at the beginning and then we get a little bit of it at the end but I just feel like it's a thread that could have been woven through the film a little bit more strongly and I think that uh, I'm going to get into spoilers now, so if you haven't seen it, uh, check it out before the rest of this review. Um, I Like I said before, I think that it's a little bit overstuffed, but it has a lot of interesting things. It's got great villains. Um, but yeah, getting into my my specific issue was that they, they end up killing Julia, um, killing Vanessa's mom kind of in the middle of it to the point where at the end, Wonder Woman gets her... Gets her catharsis, you know, with her mother, but Vanessa doesn't get hers, and and she she forgives Wonder Woman or like apologizes to Wonder Woman um, for the path that she's taken, but I just felt like, you know, and Wonder Woman also also you know felt responsible for for Julia's death, and so we get resolution between Wonder Woman and and Vanessa, but we never get any kind of resolution between Vanessa and her mother. I just felt like that was kind of a missed opportunity to kill Julia so early in the film, um, which, you know, kind of drives Vanessa further into the villainy side. I get the motivation there, um, but I just felt like it did a disservice to her emotional arc overall. Um, I just thought it would have been better to be able to have her, um, as she is redeemed by the end, it would have been better to have her also Kind of patch things up with her mother, so it was sad that we didn't get to see that, but I understand that in life those things happen we don't always get the resolution that we want um, you know we don't always get you know you know sometimes people pass away before we're able to patch things up or resolve things with them. Uh, so I understand that that is a bit of realism in the storytelling. I saw like she was robbed a little bit, and like I said, my other issue was that this movie throws a lot of villains uh, into the path of Wonder Woman, and, and the, the strength of it is her villains are really cool. Like, Cheetah's a great villain, Dr. Cyber's a really cool villain, Silver Swan, who is that's who Vanessa turns into, really cool villain. Um, you know, we get Medusa, who's a great villain. You know, we've, we've got uh, so many interesting characters in here. Giganta, you know, all of them are really cool, really awesome, lead to some great fights. Um, But I just thought that it took away from the main conflict that was occurring between Wonder Woman um, and Silver Swan. And I think that if we had just had, you know, Dr. Cyber and Dr. Poison, which Dr. Poison, I guess she's developing the serums that are enhancing the abilities of others. But other than that, there's almost no need for Dr. Poison, I guess, to kind of be in this film. Um, Dr. Cyber, I think... If it was just Dr. Cyber trying to get the technology of the Amazons and kind of using Vanessa as a way in, then I think that would have been fine. But we throw so much in here, especially kind of the side quest of Wonder Woman to go to this fountain that's guarded by a minotaur, um, you know, to get a vision of where mascara is, because once she leaves mascara. Um, it's removed from her memory. She can't remember how to get to it. So I thought that that, it was a fun side mission, but they just threw a lot in here and I don't feel like they served every character very well. And I think if we just had kind of the recurring, maybe Dr. Cyber um, and then maybe Cheetah um, as kind of a, because Dr. Cyber is kind of like a body without, <clears throat> that doesn't really get involved in the action. So I get that you need kind of a, a henchman. So, Giganta or Cheetah, you know, one of those, or just Medusa uh, would have been fine. So I think that, you know, we added just one, we a few too many things in here. And we also had this similar effect where once each villain takes the serum, they get bigger, they get stronger. I feel like that led to a little bit of repetition within the fight scenes where it's like, okay, Cheetah, Is a villain, she takes a serum, she gets a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger. Giganta, a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger. Medusa, a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger. Uh, So it was just like, I thought that there was a bit of repetition uh, within the the device there of taking the serum and getting stronger. Um, But I think that the final battle of this film between Medusa um, and Wonder Woman and the Amazons was absolutely epic. Like, what a great final battle. Um, and I, and I really thought that, you know, the, the, um, the length that Wonder Woman goes to, to defeat Medusa, you know, pouring the venom in her eyes. Um, and in the back of your mind, you know, that there's a purple healing ray, which by the way, I get that it's a bit like they called it the purple healing ray because it's ridiculous. Like, why would you call it that? But at the same time, it is like, why would you call it that? (laughs) Like, it kind of like takes away from the gravity of the, of, the, of the final scenes where it's like, oh, let's go to the purple healing ray. It's like, okay, all right, sure. Um, but I think it's great, you know, when Medusa's defeated because it felt like there were genuine stakes in this final battle. Like you didn't know exactly how it was going to go. Like if Wonder Woman is going to sacrifice herself, obviously I don't think she is because you think she's going to be in the final battle with Apocalypse Um, in the final part of the DCAMU. But it definitely was like, what's going to happen to Steve Trevor? Is he going to make it out? Uh, What's going to happen to Hippolyta and the other Amazons? Are some of them going to go down? So I I thought that it was great. Um, You know, I love the... Yeah, I I just love that final battle. So I thought that that was done really well. It was brutal. It was bloody. uh, It was intense. And I thought that that worked really well. I just thought that everything kind of leading up to that final battle was a little bit of a mixed bag. So that was my only my only complaint. Uh, and I just felt like it would have been great to focus more on the story between um, between Vanessa and Diana, uh, between Wonder Woman and Silver Swan. So, you know, those were my overall thoughts. I think that it was fine overall. Like I said, it could have hit a little bit harder emotionally. The last thing I'll say, the thing that really irritated me was the mid credit scene because I felt like you know, in my mind, I was like, okay, obviously, we don't know who Dr. Cyber is. But with the events of the film, you're like, it's probably Veronica Kale. <laughs> like, you know, you kind of assume that she's the one who's going to make the turn and be the villain. But the fact that they, like, revealed Dr. Cyber at the end, like, in a mid credit scene, I was like, this feels like a confrontation that should have happened like in the film, so I, I just didn't know why that got pushed to a mid-credit scene, and the fact that you know Wonder Woman storms in there and leaves the sword for Ver- I was like why why would you leave your weapon for her to use against you? Like that doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. So I just thought that was really strange, and obviously this is something that isn't resolved. Like you've just like created a conflict that you know within the DCAMU. Is not going to be resolved unless they release a film later on that's meant to come back and fit within this continuity which um yeah it's not going to happen <laughs> like i just think that yeah it's a bit of a wasted like why are you setting up something that we know is not going to be paid off um so i just thought that yeah weird mid credit scene kind of bothered me um but yeah overall final battle great mixed bag for the rest of the film Um, didn't have quite the strong emotional through line that I thought it could have. Um, and those are my overall thoughts on Wonder Woman bloodlines. So if you have seen it, uh, please let me know what you think, where this ranks for you. Um, you know, if you thought it was overstuffed, if you thought it was awesome, Uh, let me know. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mason Movies. Uh, If you're enjoying the podcast, make sure that you subscribe, leave a rating, leave a comment, share it with your friends and family. And if you've enjoyed this DCAMU series, check out the rest of the podcast. I've got movie reviews up. Uh, I've got some reviews for uh, Loki. Now that that's finished, you can check out my thoughts on that series. I'm also still doing The Bad Batch while that's running um, and other stuff. Doing a Journey Through Ghibli as well. So uh, check out the rest of the podcast feed. And, uh, just want to thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope that wherever you are, you are taking care of yourself physically and mentally. And I hope that we will all remember to be kind to one another. Thanks everybody.